Welcome in to another episode of We're Talking. We're talking baseball, Sunbelt Conference baseball, with voice of the Georgia Southern Eagles, Danny Reed, and voice of the UL Raging Cajuns, Jay Walker. How are you this afternoon, Danny? I'm doing all right, guys. Hope you are too. Uh, I am, Jay. I'm fine. I mean, the Cajuns won two games in a row, two-game winning streak. My Reds are on a three-game winning streak, and they head out to California to play the most inept team in Major League Baseball right now. So we could be five games on a five-game winning streak come Monday morning. Oh, shut up. Dude, his Pirates are in first place. Just shut up. They're not in first place. Are they in first place? Must be a very weak division. Who's in that division? The Reds, among others. <laughs> you know exactly who's in the division. Yes, I do. As long as I can finish above the Cubs, I don't care how the season goes. I do care, but evidently our owners don't care. But that's a whole nother time, a whole nother story. So let's jump back to last weekend real quick here, guys. Uh, some, some baseball to be had. Uh, Georgia Southern hosted App State. What was that like, Danny? What was your games? Is that should the Cajuns feel bad about losing two out of three? No, because as we've talked about before with App State, with Xander Hamilton on Fridays, they're going to have a chance to win every single game one. Now, they don't have a ton of bullpen depth, and I don't know that they have much outside of him to pitch in game one. But if you are looking for one guy to win one game in this league, he wouldn't be very far down that list. And I apologize. I went back two weeks. I should. Uh, you guys head headed up to Marshall last week. Uh, last weekend. How was the YMCA? <laughs> well, we didn't stay there, but the the infield was turf. The outfield was about as you would expect. And I mean, even Rodney Hannon told the guys this when we were watching practice on Thursday. Look, this field is what it is. There's nothing you're going to be able to do about it. Go play the game. Go do what you're supposed to do. In the first two days, that's exactly what they did. Marshall had a big inning in the first on Sunday, and they ended up running away with that one a little bit. But at the end of the day, if you can still take two on the two or three on the road, I don't care who it's from, then you did you did something right. Absolutely. Um, Georgia State and South Alabama. It, it, uh, Georgia State is still – I still don't know what to expect from them because – they could finish higher up, but at the same time, they could finish at the bottom and miss the tournament. They beat Georgia the other night, and then, you know, they went to South Alabama. Did you get to watch any of those games or get to caught up on any of those? I just know that the first game was a demolition, and knowing what South Alabama is as a program, I'm going to guess that Mark Calvey had a heart-to-heart with his guys, and you saw the result in the last two games that the Jaguars held up at home and they took care of their business. Jay, did you get to pay attention to any of that? Um, you know, the only thing that I, I – not to the details. The thing that I'm paying attention to right now are wins and losses because only 10 teams are going to make it. And South Alabama and Georgia State uh, are two teams that right now are kind of teetering a little bit. So that was the the important thing to me, not necessarily details of the game, but the fact that South won two out of three. Good deal. Um and, and, and that, combined with what James Madison did to the Cajuns over the weekend, actually puts Georgia State right now as one of the four teams that would not make the tournament if, uh, if uh, the, it started today. Well, you brought up uh, James Madison, 
What happened to the Cajuns heading to uh, Virginia there? They got their ass kicked three games. What other questions you got? All right, moving on, Danny. Did you get to follow that much? You know, that first game when you lose it on a two-out walk-off home run, it's okay. That's, that's, that's one way. But then the next two games to not be that close, I also thought that this seems to happen to the Cajuns about this point almost every year where there is a series loss. Sometimes it's a sweep to a team that probably shouldn't. But I also know from history, whether it was under Coach Robe or Deggs, that after that happens, typically that's when the takeoff happens. That doesn't mean it's going to, but thinking back over those schedules over the years, I can remember a sweep at UT Arlington where things kind of took off right after that. And I can remember a number of other series where it just seemed that once that happened, it was the reality check of, okay, that's out of the system. And the rest of the way, it's been a team that not a whole lot of people want to see. I hope you are right. Hope you are right. Uh, ULM headed up to Arkansas State and uh, just some massacre of the second game, but uh, Arkansas State took two out of three. Did you happen to catch any of that? ULM probably should have won the first and third games. Well, they did win the first game in Arkansas State another way. Maybe they could have swept, but the first game, ULM rallied. I think they were down to their final strike a couple of times. They got a pass ball to tie the game and then a couple of hits in a row to bring in the decisive runs. The Saturday game was just got awful. It seemed like that happened across the league in almost every series. There was just one bludgeoning game. And then the finale, ULM bounced back. They were up 6-2, to two, and then they gave up the final, I think, eight of the final nine runs. Just a lot of struggles in the back of the bullpen. And even that was with Carson Orton, who's one of their better relievers. I just think that ULM's got a lot of issues at, at the current moment. I say that even though they're coming to Statesboro this weekend. I, I still don't know that this is a team that you want to give life to because with the way that they put the ball in play and the way that they use the run game, they can give you problems if you let them. But if you shut them down at the pass and force them into the strike outfits that they seem to have, then there is a way that you can contain that offense. I, I think Arkansas State should have swept that series. Um, and, you know, this is like three series in a row now that two of them that Arkansas State could have swept uh, but wound up losing two out of three and then one that they should have swept and won two out of three. Um, they're playing better baseball. I don't think that that's going to get them uh, into the tournament, to be quite honest with you, because I think they're going to run out of time. But this is a team right now that when they come to your house or you go up to beautiful downtown Jonesboro, um, you better not take anything for granted because they're, they're playing hard and they're playing better. And believe it or not, their Saturday guy right now is leading the league in ERA. Yeah. Carmack has got a pretty special arm and that's, that's a benefit for them. Even if you don't get game one, you have a chance to even the series, but if you do happen to win game one with somebody that's throwing as well as he is with a live arm, 93 to 95 with that fastball, you can easily see them being one of the top seven teams relative to how they're playing, even though they not make, may not make the tournament. I think Jay's right. I just don't think that there's enough weekends left. But they could easily be one of the seven best-playing teams by the time the season ends, even if they don't get a chance to go to Montgomery. Uh, I know I heard you and Bab talk about it, Jay, on the broadcast, but I guess former Cajun chipper Bernard did not have a 
very good outing. No, he pitched on Saturday. He didn't start that game, but he did come in on Saturday, and and no, he did not have a good outing. Yeah, I, he had been starting in that Saturday spot all all season long, so very interesting there. As yeah, he, he ended up going the last two games, and neither of them were very good. He had been in the weekend. He's not listed this weekend talking with Mike. They're going, of course, with Barlow, who can get you out of there in an hour and 45 if he wanted to. Hop is going to go game two and then game three, just like Georgia Southern, they are TBA. And it could be Menard. It could be Lindsey, who's coming off the elbow injury. But at the same time, if they find somebody that can just get them some outs to start a game off on the right foot, then maybe they can get a series in Statesboro. But like the Eagles, I'm sure you're going to ask, it's it's a five-way tie for third. So you could just as easily be in third place. And then a couple of days later, you could be in the play-in round. So these are these are really really important the next few weekends. Jay, any surprise with the uh, Texas State uh, Troy series there? Texas State went to Troy, took two out of three, but again, Troy had that middle game where they scored twenty two runs. You know, I'll be frank. I thought I expected Troy to sweep, them. Uh, especially after they got the first two. I thought they were going to go ahead and get and get it done. You know, props to Texas State for coming back and, and getting game three. But, you know, when when they left Lafayette after after coming to town, I said, you know what, this is probably one of the best three or four teams in the league. I, I think that they've kind of separated themselves a little bit the last few weekends from some of the other teams. And, you know, if you look, I mean, their RPI now is, is in the mid-20s. Right now, it, they look really good for an at-large bid. Um, you know, Danny just said, you know, you got a five-way tie there. And, um, you know, Troy is, is right up there. And, but they are a team that, that has, you know, I'm going to be surprised if they crater and finish down in the play-in round. Let me put it to you that way. I, I just think they're playing great baseball right now. And I was impressed with them when they were in Lafayette. Danny, any comments on that series that you were able to? I know that Texas State had to score, I want to say they had to score five in the ninth yeah, just to win the finale because game two was another bludgeoning, and I think Troy had a 10-run seventh inning. And I don't think they're pitching it that great, but I think that they can clearly hit the baseball a long way when you look at what Sullivan and Lewis have done so far and when you play a lot of games in that ballpark where if you're left-handed, it is very enticing to go to right center field. I know it's 30 feet high, but it's really enticing to try to hit the ball to that short porch. And when you've got double alley in left center, that's clearly a ballpark that is built for the offense. And even though pitching-wise, I know Skyler's a pitching guy, even though pitching they've been more or less this, they've been stable enough to let that offense look better. Yeah, when Troy's at home, they really hit the ball really well. And you're, both of you are right, uh, Texas State scored uh, five in the top of the ninth, all with two outs as well. So That's good clean living right there. You're not lying. I, I was kind of giddy about it, though, watching it, quite honestly. Um, finally, uh, Georgia Southern – not Georgia Southern – Southern Miss in Coastal Carolina, which seemed like whoever got to 100 runs first was going to win the series. It, it was just – I mean – I. I, I still – Southern Miss is getting really to the point where I'm starting to really dislike them with their little mouths and all their chirping. And uh, I guess for the most part they're backing it up, but Coastal put a cup, couple whoopings on them pretty good. 
You haven't even played Southern Miss yet. I know it's it's back a couple of years with the bad flip, but you haven't even played them this year. But but I'm I'm watching the games this weekend, and, and uh, they're one of their players. Southern comes- Southern Miss and Texas State do more chirping and talking than anybody else in the league. Okay, uh, and we haven't played either one of them yet, but I can tell you that that's the truth. <laughs> um, so yeah, I I know where, what Craig's coming from. Look, I I've said this many many times. Coastal Carolina does a great job of jumping on you early and not letting you get up. In games that they don't do that, they're a little vulnerable. But but to Southern, what they did to Southern Miss was they just went out and punched them in the mouth early twice and Southern Miss couldn't recover. Now they went back and forth in the last game and Southern Miss pulled away late. But I have to believe if you want to have any chance to beat Coastal Carolina, you got to hold them down early, because boy, when they when they score early, they smell blood in the water, and then that's the end of that. The, you've had a chance to see Coastal, Danny. Moving on to this weekend's games, uh, you you've seen Coastal. I know part of it was a doubleheader because of the weather. It looks like we're going to have nice weather here in Lafayette. What has to be done to to stop Coastal's offense? And do you think they're are they that much better at home offensively than than they are on the road? This could hold true for many of those Coastal teams, but this year it seemed even more so. They get the leadoff guy on, you're in trouble. And it doesn't matter who that leadoff guy is. If they start an inning with a runner on base, it seems that they're going to get at least somebody else on before that first out. And they bunt pretty well. They get hit by a lot of pitches. They also walk a lot. That gets lost in all the home runs and the double-digit run efforts is that they manufacture just as much offense as they produce with the big barrels. Bender's having a hell of a season. They just have so many different ways to hurt you, but a lot of it goes back to their ability to get the leadoff fan on base. Jay, Danny just talked about walks hit by pitches and all that and that's one thing that cajun pitching has very been very susceptible to so besides those two features not allowing that what do the cajuns need to do to win well you know i thought last night now let's go back to tuesday cajuns defeated southern 10 to 5 we had matt deggs on in the post game show he didn't want to talk he was not happy And my understanding was he lit into that team pretty good after the game Tuesday night against Southern because they played what he terms packed baseball for about two innings. And then last night, you saw the fruits of that conversation that he had because that looked like a Matt Deggs coach team last night. As they went out, their first five hits went for extra bases. They were barreling up just about everything. They were running the bases. They were stealing bases. They were playing great defense. And their pitchers weren't going out and walking and hitting people. Now, you're capable of winning against anybody in the league when you play that way. The problem with the Cajuns is they haven't played that way enough. And I think Matt Deggs had had enough uh, after watching that performance against Southern, despite the fact that they won the game. And 
you know, I, um, I, I can go ahead and, and, and let you know, and he even admitted uh, it in the post game last night, he said, I got pretty nasty with them after the game. All right. He, he, he admitted that he lit them up pretty good. Um, they responded. That was good. I'm with Danny though. You know, they're going to coastal's going to get enough on their own. You can't help them. The problem is everybody helps them because they're very patient at the plate. Pitchers have a tendency to want to nibble because if they get too much of the plate, they're afraid Coastal might hit a home run. So they nibble. And when they met, now all of a sudden you got free base runners. And you're also right, Danny. They stand right on top of the plate. They're kind of like Southeastern Louisiana, that they're going to stand on top of the plate and let you hit them 10 times during the game. It is a formula that works very, very well for them. But if you get if you don't give up the free base runners, if you're not afraid to pitch to them, uh, you play you play good defense. And here's the other thing, you know, you got to get off to a good start too. Yeah. Because if you go out, if you hold them down the first three innings and you put six up, they're not the same team. They just aren't. To your point about the hit by pitches, you know, the, the way that that's being adjudicated now by various umpiring crews and conferences all across the country, where you basically have to determine whether somebody actively tried to get hit by a baseball or the ball finds a batter. And that's looked at differently by everybody. I know it's part of the review process, but if you're forcing any given umpire to make a decision about did that baseball hit that batter or did that batter actively look to get hit by that baseball? If you force that decision to be made multiple times in a game, more often than not, you're going to win those because they're going to err on the side of caution and they're going to say, well, if it hit the batter, it's clearly on the pitcher instead of the other way around. So you're going to get more bases out of that than you probably should. Yeah. And I've seen a couple that have been reviewed and, uh, I, I still don't understand the review process. It, it's baffling to me at times. So at least you got it. Yes, I agree. And I and I think being the really the fir- the first year in conference play m- having it mandatory, I think it will only get better through the years. And you you have to start somewhere. So um, I, I lost my train of thought, which is very easy for someone like me. Um, what the heck? Okay, you got ULM this weekend. Um, they, you know, we 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 kind of already talked about them a little bit, and I made the comment to you the last time that we did one of these things together that you you survived the gauntlet that you had early in the season because you had you had five in a row that were just oh my gosh. And that the schedule was going to lighten up. Now you went on the road, took two out of three. Now, no pressure, Danny, but this is a, this is a series you should sweep because you're playing at home. And that that's a thought I had too. But I also know that just like you, and just like you, that baseball is always going to baseball. Oh sure. And I know, and I know that Cam Barlow is more than capable of shutting somebody down. And I know he works quickly. He has a way of getting into his rhythm, so you get out of yours. But once people get him timed up, that's when he has trouble. If he keeps his pace and you keep swinging early and give him quick innings, 
That's exactly what he wants. Now, on the other side for Georgia Southern, Ty Fisher had really labored his previous four starts. He was a lot better against Marshall, three runs in six innings, but he was working with a huge lead after Georgia Southern got the eight runs in the second inning. So who's to say what he would have looked like if the inning wouldn't have been as big or maybe Marshall got something a little bit more earlier. But with that kind of left-on-left matchup, it's going to be really important for Georgia Southern to set a game one tone because you've got four other teams that are tied with you for third place, which could represent a nice seed or a Tuesday play-in game. And Georgia Southern is going to see one of those teams next weekend at Troy at the moment. So for a team that just got whipped pretty good by College of Charleston last night, they've got to realize that you can't have too many more slip-ups, whether it's in the midweek or on the weekend, because it could cost you, it could cost you a day of rest. You just saw uh, Marshall last weekend, and I know you, you I'm, I'm not going to say follow Georgia State, but since they're in the same state, you, 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 you see enough of them. What does Marshall have to do to, uh, to go into Georgia State? And is Georgia State, was that ball game against Georgia on Tuesday night? Is that a stepping stone for them? All right, let's break this down piece by piece. Number one, I am aware of Georgia State, and that's as nice as I'm going to be. Two, midweek baseball, as we all know, is a complete and utter crapshoot where teams in in the Sun Belt's case are going to want to look to, to knock off the Power Five, and it means a hell of a lot more when you do. But it is something different to everybody. Some teams will throw 13 pitchers. Others will use brand-new defense. Some treat it like an exhibition. Some want to go out and get every single one of them. It just depends on what your viewpoint is. You still want those games for Georgia State. They've beaten Georgia Tech and Georgia in the same year for the first time in more than two decades. So, yeah, that meant a lot to them to be able to do that. But for Marshall, having seen what they could do in game three, they've got better starting pitching than people give them credit for. Patrick Copen is a major league prospect. He only went four innings. Georgia Southern got to him. They laid off his fastball, was high in the zone, made him throw his breaking ball, which he couldn't spot either. He only got through four innings. Game two starter, Raymond Pacella, Thought he was going to get knocked out after the fifth inning. He ends up going eight and a third just to eat up innings so they didn't have to go to their bullpen. It was pretty clear that they were trying to set it up where their bullpen would be well-stocked for a hopeful series finale. And that's what they got. Zach Atkinson was good. He only gave up two hits, both to Jesse Sherrill. Georgia Southern couldn't figure out how to put his fastball in play. They couldn't benefit from the five walks that he gave up. And by the time that the bullpen got in, the Eagles were just down by too much and they weren't going to be able to rally. But their starting pitching is better than people give them credit for. Oh, I, I agree. I think Marshall is uh, has much better starting pitcher than. And, and I hate when when fans say, "Well, th- this team is horrible," because they're they're not. I think I think I don't I don't think they're the top of the Sun Belt by any means, but they're still better than what their record is, in my opinion. Jay, Arkansas State heading into Southern Miss. Well, again, you know, you look at that series and I look at that series the way I look at ULM going to Georgia Southern. However, we just talked about what Arkansas State's capable of on Saturdays. Now, I did not read the article. I got to go find it. Uh, Last night, Southern Miss went, um, hosted Louisiana Tech and, and beat the Bulldogs. After the game, Scott Berry talked about a bunch of injuries that this team has right now. They're not healthy. And so 
I don't know who the injuries are to and, and, and if they're going to be out or any of that, but evidently they're a little bit of a banged up team right now. Um, which, you know, and anytime you have some injuries, it makes you a little more vulnerable. I still say it's a, it's a series that Southern Miss should sweep, but I'm not going to be surprised if they don't. Um, because I think Arkansas State's capable of going in there and getting one. Danny, any thoughts on that series? It's putting a lot more pressure on Tanner Hall. Look, he's a preseason All-American. He is maybe the best starting pitcher in this league. You, you could use a number of what his changeup is just it, – it's so good. I mean, when Louisiana sees him a little bit later on this season, it, it is a legit big league changeup. Georgia Southern couldn't figure him out. Thankfully, the rain delay knocked him out of the game, and then the Eagles got some runs late, but they ended up losing the first one of that series. But they've had to mix up the weekend rotation. They moved Billy Oldham from the midweek back to the weekend, and I think it got him by against JMU. But as they're fighting down the stretch to – I don't think it's necessarily just trying to win the regular season, but they're trying to avoid that big old mishmash in third place. They're only a game up on those five teams that are tied. So if they start to slip a little bit, it's more pressure on Hall, and it's also more pressure on that offense, which they can score because they've got so much experience, but they also have a good bit of swing and miss in that lineup. And if they start to get into some fits where they're not putting the ball in play, they can find themselves trickling down the standings a little bit, especially if that weekend pitching does not get healthy and improve, because after Hall, it, it leaves a lot to be desired. Incur. Finally, uh, Troy heads to South Alabama, only a game separate between the two, but um, and it's it's a rivalry game no matter how you look at it. Uh, what happens with Troy going into South, Jay? Going to be hard to take three, um, but you're going to you're going to be playing in a very hitter friendly park. Now, most of the friendliness. Uh, goes to left and left center field. I mean, that's where the, the, the wind usually blows out at Eddie Stanky. Um, and that benefits both teams. And so I think whichever team can pitch a little bit is probably going to win that series. I don't know. You know, I think Fuller does a great job for um, for Troy, but I don't know that either team's got got an all-conference caliber guy that's, that's going to be a starting pitcher. Um, the the team that finds a way to, to, to lift the ball in the air is probably the team that's going to win the series. I like Troy. Just told you how much I like Troy. It's going to be hard for him to go take three in Mobile, though. Danny? Top to bottom, Troy's probably a better team. But when it comes to rivalries, and look, I'm going to end up saying this in a couple of weeks when Georgia Southern has to go to Panthersville. When it comes to rivalries, you really want to defend your home turf you emphatically want to defend your home turf. That doesn't mean that South Alabama is going to take the series, but there's probably a little bit more on these three because now well, South can spoil Troy a little bit. They're, they're a hot team relative to RPI. They, they're probably in the field as we speak for an at-large, which for them, they haven't done that since 2018 when that team won 40, 40 plus games. But I would I would anticipate this being a, a maybe the best series all weekend. I know Louisiana's got Coastal, but I would anticipate this being a really, really good series. 
I, I agree with you totally there. I, I think it's going to be, if you like baseball, uh, I think this is, that's going to be a good series to watch. Uh, before we get into your two final thoughts, the only thing I will say is uh, Coastal coming into town and usually we have a, a south wind that holds the ball into to the tee. It's going to be a northerly wind, north-northwest. Friday looks okay. Sunday, I think it's 10 to 12 miles an hour. There could be – it could be 40 to 39 come Sunday. Jay, any final thoughts? No, I – you know, I'm looking forward to that series – provided the Cajuns can come out and play with the kind of swagger they played with last night. I think that's going to be key to them having a chance. And, and here's the other thing. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure Gary Gilmore is going to remind his team of this, but I also think from a confidence standpoint, Matt Deggs is going to tell his guys this too. The Cajuns have never lost a series to coastal Carolina. And I'm, uh, and, and the attitude is let's not start this week. It's a big task because they're a great ball club. But I but I think the Cajuns are going to come out with a little confidence. Confidence can go a long way in this game. Danny, final thoughts on the weekends or what just happened? I'd be ready to throw an early punch, but I'd be ready to throw a lot more after that. All right. I think what he said was he wants to beat you up, Craig. Well, I, most people do, and I understand that. I am a, a bit of an asshole. Um, and that might be saying, Kevin, I didn't even have to say it this week. That's great. That That is good. I, I think we finally got through to him, Dan. Oh, my God. All right. You've been listening to We're Talking. We've been talking baseball, Sunbelt Conference baseball with Danny Reed, voice of the Georgia Southern Eagles, and Jay Walker, voice of the UL Raging Cajuns. Thanks for listening. Any redistribution or reproduction of any part or all of the contents in any form is prohibited, except, ah, uh, who the hell are we kidding? Distribute it, share it, put it in your podcast, broadcast it, or put it on social media. Just give credit where credit's due.